Welcome everyone to another episode of Friday PM. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Praise that, the Lord. Reggie. <laughs> it's your thing. It's my thing. <laughs> well, welcome wherever you're joining us from in the world. Welcome, welcome to another week of Friday PM. There might be some new viewers watching us or listening to us for the very first time. You're very welcome. Welcome to the Friday PM broadcasts. May you be mightily blessed in Jesus' name. Before we start talking about our subject for today, we've got some announcements. Friday PM is available on podcast. You can watch it on Spotify, on Google, on Apple Podcasts. And you can subscribe if you're somebody who listens to podcasts when you're doing other things, walking, running, exercise, or whatever you're doing. And we think it would be really beneficial if that's what you like. So subscribe. And we're also very happy to have you here on YouTube with us. So please share that video with your family and friends so they can be blessed as well. Uh, don't forget to leave the like under the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel and click that notification bell to get notified of our latest content. I love that. I think we had a good sequence there. I think we hit it. Very good. <laughs> well, straight on to our topic for today, the cost of commitment. And we're quite excited about this topic because just with the nature of what we do um, as full-time ministers and missionaries, but no matter what you're calling and no matter what you do, I'm sure there's something in here that we pray will be a great blessing to you. So we're just going to start about talking about general commitment. What is it? What is the cost of commitment? Uh, so, who wants to start with us? Christoph, you mentioned commitment when you were studying. Yeah. So, first thing that came to my mind basically is in the stage of of getting a, an education, pursuing your career, whatever it is. If for me it was music, if you can, it can be sports, it can be business, it can be technology, computer science. You have to put some hours into your education in order to to get a good job, uh, in order to 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 get fulfilled, you know, to to get a get a spot in in the in the avenue you want to be in. You mentioned about you know people were playing outside because you had to you know you have you're quite a master's in trombone. I mean yeah. that didn't come cheap. So what what did you have to give up? Now basically, what I knew since the very uh, early childhood, when when I was in third grade, I was nine years old. I went to music school so it was in the afternoons so all i knew basically uh, my default was was one school then it was a couple of hours at home and then was driving to another school being there till the evening and then coming back wow. uh, so so for me that was kind of default and and i didn't really um like think about you know other kids they had time in the afternoon to study to do their chores and then maybe have some fun playing football that was you know, one of the favorite things kids talked about you know yeah. so I didn't have that time I had to go to the music school and and then in the, in the spare time also I had to practice on the instrument you know and I, and I had piano as a secondary so so for me default was having like almost no time in the afternoon because it was all occupied by this by the other school and you had to practice so uh, I loved summer because it was hard you can open the windows yeah, be inside practicing with open windows. Oh, fun, you know. Wow, that is commitment, Crystal. Yeah. Especially I mean, in a country like Poland, where there's not a lot of sun. I mean, we have that a very, big very nice summer, you know. But but that was kind of difficult for me. So if you do music, uh, I mean, my instrument was two, three hours tops, and and then you finish 
pretty much. But if you do piano or all kinds of strings instrument, they can be there whole day and just practice. All day, not kidding you, 10 hours, they would just, they, they fight for, for, for the classes, you know, to have an instrument. They fight because the limited amount of, of those instruments. So those kids are, and then adults in the, in the academy, they're fighting for the hours they take every hour they can to practice. Mm. And that's your afternoon gone, you know? Mm. Yeah. I mean, we, you're basically saying the cost, there is a price to pay. Uh, Rachel, you mentioned about your studying uh, in Germany that there was, yeah, there's a price to pay for what you did as well. Yeah, I think, like we said, there's a price to pay, but there's also gain. So you're you're giving up something to gain something else. Yes. And so I remember when I was in Germany, um, I learned German at school, as you probably know, and did it as part of my degree. But when I was in Germany, I knew I was only going to be there for one year. And I had decided that I was going to make sure that I learned German which meant that I really didn't have a, a great interaction with a lot of English people. I, ha I had some friends and actually the English friends that I did hang out with were ones that hung out with German people. So we would mix the languages or we would. So so you had that release enabled, to, you know, to speak your language, but you were also learning at the same time, learning the other language. And I also went to a church there, German church, and was involved in you know, speaking German. And I knew that in order to be able to speak German, I had to immerse myself in it, which meant for the year, I couldn't just hang out with all my English friends and do what, what they were doing. Mm. I had to be focused and committed to what I knew I wanted to achieve at the end. Yeah, so you basically had to give up familiarity. Yeah. So Christoph mentioned giving up pleasure. So maybe number one is you, one of the costs is pleasure. Mm. You're not going to give up pleasure. You can't really commit. And you say you have to give up familiarity. Mm. Otherwise, or what is familiar or, to you? Yeah, what, what's what's familiar to you? Yeah. Mm. Zach, you mentioned something as well when we discussed it. Yeah, on a on a on a kind of like a concept level, something that we learned in school that goes goes back to what you said. It, you know, yes, you give something up, but you gain something as well. And um, we learned in economics about a thing called opportunity cost, and that just means. Financially, if you have a dollar, you can go buy a chocolate bar or a soda or a bag of chips or something. But whatever you choose, the opportunity cost is the thing that you didn't choose. So you gain the chocolate bar, but you lose out on the soda or the chips or mm -hmm. whatever. And the same is true with like a commitment because you're committing yourself, you're committing your life, you're committing your time. Mm -hmm. And very simply, you take one day at a time. There's an opportunity cost. What do we want to gain from this life? What's worth losing? Um, yeah, I mean, you're talking about time, and and that's 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 I believe the third one would be the cost of commitment is time. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, because I mean, not long ago you also said that you had kind of had a bit of a breakthrough about just your spending time. Yeah. Know, where do you commit to spending the time? Yeah, the mornings. I mean, I used to like to sleep in because you know we we got our time to come to the office, and before that it's kind of you time, and um, so I was you know I was going to bed a bit later and waking up a bit later and just but I just realized you know if I want to um if I want to have the kind of life that I want to have um with the commitments that I have mm. I just have to give something up yeah and what I gave up yeah. was a little bit of extra sleep I can go I've learned on six and seven hours of sleep with no problems at all I function even better sometimes than when I sleep eight hours and Christian um the husband of our Dutch couple um, of our <laughs> administrative 
couple uh, that live here in the house with us. He said to me, he came into my room one day. I told this story on another Friday PM, but he came into my room once um, to turn the light off or something. And he saw it was just in shambles because, you know, I'd, I'd wake up late and I kind of just go get coffee and then go to the office and then get back to my room late. And then, you know, and then it's, I don't, I don't have the energy to clean. So whatever. And Christian said, he came to Dan and he said, you know, I want, uh, can you talk to Zach about this? And you said, no, no, no you got to do it. So Christian came to me. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Must be the Lord. <laughs> yeah, Christian, Christian came to me and he said, Zach, you know, um, he said, it's going to take you how long to clean this? It's going to take you an hour to clean this up, an hour and a half to kind of put everything away and, and get everything. He said, you can avoid this if you just take five minutes each day, mm. just five minutes. And I took that lesson about just five minutes and I applied mm. that to about 12 different areas of my life. Wow. Mm. If I feel like I don't have time to spend with the Lord, I'm just going to at least give him five minutes, the first five minutes of my day. And most of the time it goes on longer now. If I don't want to read, I'm just going to give it five minutes. Most of the time it goes on longer. A relationship, I'm just going to give it five minutes. Most of the time you end up committing more. But it was that principle of just giving the first, just starting, just committing. Just It's like it's like the decision just to commit to five decision. minutes. And then the Lord opens the door for what needs to happen with the, with the time that needs to be spent. Mm-hmm. So. But I like what you said about it's a decision because that's for me the next commitment for me. So time is the next one. The next one for me is feelings. The cost of commitment is feelings because if you just bank on your feelings, how you feel on that. I don't feel like Emotions. brushing my teeth today. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel like making my bed. I don't feel like, like spending time with someone or doing something. I don't feel like cleaning. I don't feel like it. Well, the cost of commitment is not responding to your flesh, your emotional state, how you feel to press on. And in spite of that, I'm committed. Now we're talking about, we're not just talking about ministry. We're talking about anything. Your commitment to God, as you mentioned, commitment to marriage, commitment to children, commitment to friendships, ministry, work, whatever it is, a, a sport, your health, um, whatever it is, your, it is the strength of that commitment that we're talking about. Um, Charlene, you haven't spoken much. Why don't you go for oh, it? Oh, that's the best, Dan, because I usually do a lot of talking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you, made, you, you started touching on something that was interesting. Well, firstly, as you're speaking, I, I realized that for me, I need to find my inspiration. And my inspiration is what Jesus, how committed he is to me and how he, committed he was to giving up every thing and coming down to earth for me. That's how committed he was. And he is our ultimate example. And if I could just realize how much he did for me, doing something for him is takes nothing. And if I can fill my day up or my morning up by just renewing my mind and telling myself how wonderful, great and mighty this God is that emptied heaven, the one song said, um, to come for me and to get me. What a huge commitment it is. Mm. I would give up anything. I would give up anything to for him. And once I recognize that revelation, it's changed my life. 
when it comes to getting up and going for a run in the morning, that's another deal. <laughs> then I got to go against my feelings mm. and that maybe that spirit of procrastination saying, ah, you can do it later. So, you know, that's something you really got to mm. go against. But I find that also what your passion is, what you're passionate about, you will commit to. Mm. And once Jesus becomes my passion, I will commit to him any moment of the day. You know, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, I've held up all these laws and what should I do to follow you? And Jesus said, well, there's one thing you didn't, and that's sell all you have and give everything to me. Mm. And he was grieved, the Bible says, Mark 10, verse 17 to 22, the whole story. And he was grieved and he walk, walked away grieved. And there's a cost to commitment, and it means you need to give away something. If you're going to, it's going to cost you something, but the cost is not what you pay, it's what you give away. Mm. Yeah, the next one then is basically talking about comforts too. He had comforts of wealth, comfort of a home, even if it's comforting of of someone. Oh, I'm just... I need that comforting from a loved one, yeah. a family member, a friend. But if you're not willing to leave comforts, as in physical, whether it's a nice place that you're living in or a, call it what it is. Oh, and basically, that's what we base our whole talk on today is Matthew 19, verse 29. It says, And everyone who has left houses or mothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands, for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. So, yeah, if you're not willing to give up comforts, yeah. perhaps your commitment level won't be where you want it to be. So funny, Dan, because as you were reading that earlier, I was reading Mark 10 about the rich young ruler. And just a little way down to Mark 10 verse 29, it says that exact scripture. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, there is no one who's given up and left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake or for the gospels who will not receive a hundred times as much in this time. Straight after the rich young ruler mm -hmm. came to him. And it was after the disciples were in awe of Jesus when Jesus said to this guy, give up everything, sell everything, and come and follow me. And the disciples were in awe, and they said to him in verse 28, Behold, Peter said to him, Behold, we have yielded up and abandoned everything once and for all, and joined you and your disciples, siding with your party, and accompanied you, walking the same road that you walk. You know, he kind of sounded proud quite of proud of himself, <laughs> yes. And then Jesus answered by saying this, Mm. I truly, I tell you. Mm. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a cost to pay if you're willing to give it up, your reward. Mm. Mm. And he says in this life, a hundredfold in this life, in this time, and in the eternal in, in, in life, you will inherit yeah. eternal life. Yeah. So what you give up, and, and he says, uh, Jesus said, the man who wants to save his life will lose it. There you go. But the man who is willing yeah. to lose his life. Yeah. Oh, I said the next one. This, this is the next one I wanted to <laughs> I read this. No, no, no. 
<laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, brother. <laughs> but Sorry. The, the, well, the next cost, the next cost, I don't know what number we're on, but the next cost is your will. Yeah. Wow. That's the next cost. Because if you, if your, your will is your life, my will, what I want to be done when I want it, mm. your will, what you want to eat, sleep, do, you, the, your will is, I think, I think it's the last thing because it's a biggie. But John 12, uh, 25 says, the man who loves his own life will destroy it. Wow. And the man who hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. If a man wants to enter my service, he must follow my way and where I am, my servant also be. Did I read that correctly? Mm, And my father will honor every man who enters my service. And I think the thing about the rich young ruler was not actually about him being rich necessarily. It was about that being self-sufficient. Because you can be self-sufficient sufficient, and have not very much. It's easier to be very self-sufficient when you have a lot. Yeah. Very easy to call the shots, to be in control of your life, to do things the way that you want to do them, mm. to give the way that you want to give. And I think this is what Jesus was saying. It's not that, hey, you know, you're rich and it's bad. It's more like, you know, are you willing to give up everything to follow me and to really give, give at any time? Give you know, till it hurts. Are you willing to just lay that down for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of something actually greater than what you already own? Yeah. And I think this, these, this for me is like the message that he was he was bringing bringing out. Mm. Mm. Well, that Jesus said before when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and uh, he said, you know, not my will, but your will be done. Yeah. And uh, that that will is. It's a big thing because if you're holding on to your own will, if you're not willing to let that go, if you're not willing to pay that price, then unfortunately you cannot commit to something that you want to commit to. Mm. Mm. to Funny that you're talking about not my will because I I had to go and get Catherine Gennardi's book, Make Me Willing to Be Willing, and we interviewed her a while ago on Friday p.m. on this book that she wrote. But she quotes Charles Spurgeon in the preface, and he says, he who would glorify his God must set his account on meeting many trials. No man can be illustrious before the Lord unless his conflicts be many. If then yours be a much-tried path, rejoice in it, because you will the better show forth the all-sufficient grace of God. As for his failing you, never dream of it. Hate the thought, the God who has been sufficient until now should be trusted to the end. And then she also quotes a hymn that they sang by George Matheson. Just a short uh, part of the hymn said, Make me your captive, Lord, and then I shall be free. Force me to render up my sword, and I shall conqueror be. My will is not my own till thou has made it thine. If I would reach a monarch's throne, I must my crown resign. Mm. There's a cost. There's a cost. Well, and then we're looking forward you know, as the Christian life comes with persecution. If you don't want to be persecuted and you want just your own will and you don't want to, if your commitment doesn't stretch that far, yeah. that, that, that that's part of the cost. The next cost is persecution. We're 
We didn't, God didn't promise us that we'd be the most popular people in the world, didn't say that we were, that we're exempt from trouble, mm. and definitely not persecution. Uh, so we're praying for missionaries that are now um, in trouble in, in Haiti that's been taken captive, yeah. and they, they were willing to pay the ultimate price. Yeah. That was the level of their commitment. Um, the book, there's a book called The Edge of the Spear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the level of commitment of these, there was young families, right? All these young couples that just went and to, I think, in the middle of the Amazon, where they've never heard the gospel before. And that their whole lives in front of them, and I think eight couples, if I'm not mistaken, young married couples decided we are willing to commit to take the gospel to the middle of that jungle where it's never been. And they had, they had to start from the air and just drop food first to win their favor. And then they started lowering a Bible, and then eventually they got on the ground, and, and eventually all of them were killed. Um, all of them were killed, but the gospel took root and Apparently, they that whole area now and all the surrounding areas now, uh, the Bibles have been translated and they all are, they all have been exposed to the mm-hmm. gospel. So yeah, what a commitment! Yeah, what a commitment! Yeah. Well, um, I was just reading in uh, last night in a fee, uh, Acts twenty verse twenty four, and I hope it's going to be down here because I'm just saying it from memory. Um, Paul was telling whoever he was with and he's about to go to Jerusalem and Mm. the spirit had told him that there'll be a lot of tribulation awaiting him and he said but it doesn't matter to me because what lays ahead of me is much more important Uh, forgive me I'm just paraphrasing but it was so blessed because he just didn't care Mm. about the tribulation that was laying ahead for him Mm. and I know there are people watching the Holy Spirit's been tugging, tugging, pulling very gently, saying, will you leave all? Will you forsake all? Leave your career behind. Leave whatever you have behind and come and follow me. That's a huge call. Kate Gennardi here tells in her story how she was sitting watching uh, the head of, um, he was a speaker Operation, Operation Mobilization. Mobilization, and he was saying, will you give it up for God? Will you come and be a missionary? Will you will you accept the call of ministry on your life? And she was a midwife. She was a nurse at that time, and she felt herself going, yes, yes, and her mom pulled her arm down, and every time he said, will you work for Jesus? And she said, yes, and her mom pulled her arm down. And by the third time, she realized, hey, there is an obstacle here that's pulling me down. And and it's the enemy can resemble the enemy saying, Mm -hmm. no, no, don't do it. What are you crazy? But his ways are higher than our ways. You were reading Jesus. He said, my way is higher than your way. You don't know the future. And you will have people pulling your arm down saying, no, sit down, keep quiet. Mm -hmm. That's the enemy. And you should step forward and make that step today Mm -hmm. and say, God, I know I've been hearing you. People have been telling me. I've been reading it. I I hear your call. I answer your call today. Mm -hmm. And I make that step. Yeah, we were talking about, sorry. No, No, Jesus said, Jesus said, what builder goes to build a house and doesn't first count the cost. Yeah. Yeah. And, And then he says in, uh, Luke nine sixty two says, no one puts a hand to the plow and looks back as fit for service in the kingdom of God to wow. dine with them. Wow. Um, we was we were just talking before, when God calls you many times, like the, like the fishermen, really, they were professional fishermen. 
They were trained to be fishermen and they were called to do something totally unfamiliar, out of their depth. And uh, you had to make that decision too because you had you trained and you, you've given your life, so to speak, for a music career. And then the call came to say, not the way that you thought. Yeah, it's like when we when we were called to this ministry, all of us, it's in, in all the examples, it was something initially against of what we had planned, right? It was against what I had planned for my life to, to come here. And when when I was called to come here, it's um, all these plans and for my future that I made, I prepared. I had to sort of put it aside, uh, discarded in a way that I went to a different place where I didn't know anything. And despite like me knowing English, I was praying f- to God for releasing me to some sort of ministering or exposing me in ministering in different language or reaching out in, in, in different cultures. Some I, I had these thoughts, I had these sort of prayers and never thought it would come out like this. And I remember exactly the first time when I came down this driveway with Dan uh, from the airport and I was videoing, you know, coming to this house. I said, it's beautiful. It's amazing. The first few months for me was was a mess because I didn't know how to express myself in different language and and I couldn't speak Polish to any of you folks because you know it was you, know, you could have tried could have done I, it but, but I could have tried you could have probably got the response <laughs> yeah I'm get the response and, and 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 I believe for all of us in the way I mean Zach's American you're English you know uh, we even you guys in South Africa you know, English is some sort of a language that's Kind of a secondary. Yeah, we kind of grew up. You had to. It was compulsory from age six, basically. Yeah, it so. was. And you mix when I when I listen to you guys, you speak South African. You kind of mix English with yeah. it a yeah, lot. Yeah, we in. And uh, for me, <laughs> no, it's it's totally different language. So so now I'm, I feel really blessed that I'm able to be exposed to that. But God took me from my comfort zone in Poland when I wow. when I knew the language. Yeah. When I when I thought I knew English as well, but when I was thrown into the deep that, you know, using only that mm. and everything has to be done in different language for all of us. It was uh, experiencing uh, being thrown into the different culture, even uh, though the language is more or less familiar. But the culture, it's so different. Even with being American, I experienced, I didn't know how different the culture is in America and England, despite the fact that it's, it's almost the same language. It's such a different culture, you know. So more or less, being from from a European country coming to England, or being from an African country coming to England, coming out of the comfort zone from my own culture, from my familiarity of of the surrounding of the environment, to being full time ministry in in totally different area, to different country, different surrounding, being exposed. Mm. Even to to so many different cultures. Mm. All things to all men, you had to become. Then, mm. Yeah, Paul says, "Be yeah. all things to all men." Mm-hmm. And no. yeah, yeah but <clears throat> you also mentioned before being thrown into the deep end, and now with all that's been happening in the world with COVID, so many people are thrown into the deep end with different types of work they had to do, mm. um, different rearranging the house in a different way different way of doing things and for many people out there you might be watching you might feel like you've been thrown into the deep end a bit 
in no matter what area of your life. But we pray that God will help you with your commitment today. Number one, commitment to Him, commitment to our loved ones, whether we're married, to our children, to our relationships that's dear to us. Just let the Lord minister to you today. There might be some heavy hearts watching us. You might be up against some decisions that you have to make, maybe throwing yourself into the deep end. But don't worry. The Bible says, and God promises us that He will never leave us or forsake us, that we're not alone. So let peace be your compass and let His love be your guide. Lord, we thank you for every person watching that you minister right now, Holy Spirit. Anyone that might be called to ministry, that they will respond to that call, being willing to pay the price, to pay this cost for the commitment, number one, for Jesus, and whatever else may come together with that. So Lord, we pray for, for husbands, for wives, we pray for children, we pray for relationships today. We pray for, Lord, just a fresh commitment to serve you. This commitment to be, even be willing to pay the price as far as even as far as persecution or to be willing to, to put ourselves out there. The cost of being embarrassed, the cost of just, just going all out for you, no matter what man may say or think about us. So Lord, help us to step over that line today. To just say, Lord, I'm going to go into that deep end and I know I'm not going to sink because you're going to help me. I have to do the swimming, but you'll never, never leave or forsake me. So Lord, we thank you. We give you the glory. Thank you for our time together. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll, that you'll make a way where it seems like there's no way. We give you the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for watching today. We're going to leave you with a song called Take My Life. And we really pray that it will minister to you and be a great blessing to you. So thank you for watching. Be blessed in the song. And God willing, see you next week on Friday p.m. It's the place to be. Bye-bye.